مواصلات کا نظام چونکہ دن بدن بہتر ہو رہا ہے حضور سیز سنس دی مینس آف کمیونیکیشنس آر امپروونگ ڈے بائی ڈے اینڈ دی انٹرنیشنل لنکس کنٹینیو ٹو بی اسٹرینگتھنڈ بیکاز آف گڈ کمیونیکیشن دیر فور دی انٹرسٹ ان دا جماعتس از انکریزنگ ٹو ہیئر دا سرمن لائف اسپیشلی آن اوکیجنس وین دا جماعت ایکسپیکٹس that the sermon will cover some special subjects. Rather than wait for the tapes, Jamaats want to hear the sermon directly. In the sermon today also, as in the past, Mauritius is in the foremost in this field and is listening the sermon live. Norway, Sweden, Denmark, Germany and Japan are also listening. Similarly, in United Kingdom, Birmingham, Hanslow, South Hall, East London, Glasgow and Jellingham Jamaat are listening this sermon live. To all of them, I say, and remind them that such interests are right and admirable as far as reaching for the pious words are concerned. But these sermons which are heard through these means 
cannot directly take the place of the local sermons or Friday prayers. Even if you are listening at the time of your Friday prayer, your own arrangements of the Friday prayers should be separate. You must not make listening to this sermon as part of your Friday prayers. Otherwise, some innovations will be introduced in Islam and some wrong cus will start. So after this admonition, I will turn to that subject which I have been discussing for some times regarding worship. In my last sermon, I had reminded you that to praise Allah, it is necessary to exempt yourself of all praise. Otherwise, in reality, you cannot affirm your praise of Allah. This subject, in fact, relates to La ilaha illallah that whatever gods are negated in La ilaha and the God who is affirmed in illallah, that is the existence who is acknowledged as worthy of all worship, it demands two things. First, all kind of praise and personal attachment is negated. It ends that the existence of Almighty God emerges. If on a cloth there are colors of love of one's own and in conflict with God those colors last, the cloth will not accept Allah's color. But this does not mean that a man should become entirely free of his own praise because to desire praise is part of man's nature. Rather, we should call it spark of life because whatever work man does, one of the major incentives to do that work is the desire for praise and the other incentive is to be protected from ill talk of others. These are two great movers of life. As petrol moves the engine in the car, similarly, these are the two forces which move man to action. Therefore, you must not think that to praise or to praise some friend who deserves praise in his limited circle is idolatry. It is certainly not idolatry. Idolatry is that one should stop at one's own praise or on the praise of his relations and of friends and should become satisfied with the shell and stop at the veil and not go beyond the veil and search the true beauty. If this is the case, even then it will not be true. It will only be negligence. Most of the people lead a life of negligence in the world. Hazrat promised Messiah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has also described such worldly people in his powerful writings as negligent people and has analyzed their negligence minutely. So the negligence is that after accepting his praise, he should become satisfied as though he truly is worthy of that praise. And beyond that, there is no existence who deserves that praise as though blocking the path of praise, he should start filling his own container. 
This is a state of negligence which eventually results into idolatry and develops many kinds of other ills. So when compared to the existence of God, one thinks of his own existence and seeing his own self being praised, his glance should not divert to God. Then this is a dangerous thing which the Jamaat should avoid, especially at the time of worship. It is a good mental and spiritual exercise that when a man shouts the slogan of his intense love and says, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, he should try to search out and exempt himself of all praise. This is not an unreal attempt. It is the true effort, because when you study each praise with a deeper glance, as I had put detailed light on the subject once before, a man begins to think that the praise, whether his own or when he praises others, is the true praise and the long period of the causes at work behind that praise, which eventually resulted into that praise on which man has no power, and they relate purely to the grace of Allah. Beauty, whether physical or spiritual or moral, ugliness, whether physical or spiritual or moral, at the back of each of these are some causes which are at work. And among those causes, far as praise is concerned, is the sheer grace of Allah, as a result of which we become praiseworthy in the world, or a friend or a scene appears praiseworthy. From this angle, one should reflect on this subject. And in this regard, what needs attention is that when we link this praise with those who were the beloved of God and link it with an anta alayhim, then another opens up before us and we begin to realize that the true praise is what is returned by God. I had also put some light on this subject, but now linking it to the subject of an anta alayhim. I want to put some further light on it. After praising Allah, as we pass through other verses of the chapter Al-Fatiha and reach, that, O God, show us the path of those on whom you had bestowed your blessings, on whomsoever the blessings have been bestowed, we should know the detail about them, what things they used to do, what kind of blessings and what kind of graces Allah had bestowed on them, as a result of which such magnificence had developed in them, as pleasing to God, and those people had become Mahmud in the sight of Allah and were declared praiseworthy. From this point of view, you will have to study the Holy Qur'an deeply and wherever you find a mention of the Beloved of Allah, those who received blessings of Allah, whether they are prophets or people at a level lower than that of the prophets, you will have to study their history with a deep glance as to what kind of trials they passed through and from what kinds of slip-ups they protected themselves. 
on what kind of forked paths they stood, where on the one side was the path of an Amta Alehim group, and on the other side was the path of Maghdube Alehim group. Just a slip of one step could either have taken them on the path which is the path of the beloved of Allah, could have pushed them on that path which is the path of wrath of Allah and displeasure of Allah. There they took some decisions and as a result of those decisions great responsibilities were placed on them. At times they led life of great hardship. Therefore on those occasions, on those paths where they had to bear adversity for the sake of Allah, all such adversity is a blessing of Allah. This is what is called trial. And if God forbid they had stepped on the wrong path, then they would have entered the Maghdube Alahim group. Outwardly, their path looks easy and appears the path of blessings. But according to the description of the Holy Quran, all the blessings of that path are a manifestation of Allah's displeasure and a manifestation of their error and misguidance. Reflecting on this subject, a new meaning of blessings and graces rises in one's mind. And then one does not show pity on those servants of Allah who are passed through a period of trial, but begins to feel envious of them. This is the station of in-depth knowledge of the Divine, without which a man cannot progress. Now in Pakistan we have some oppressed Ahmadis on whom all kinds of atrocities are being unleashed. To develop sympathy for them is not wrong, but is quite natural. But to consider them less fortunate than yourself and to think that the poor things are ruined is ignorance and is a sign of lack of knowledge. A time shall come when all of us will be presented before God. Then whoever are passing their life in comparative ease today and have not been put through trial in the path of Allah, they will look upon these circumstances from another angle and will say with regret that if only we were in their place because it is not they but we are ruined, who were not put on the path of difficulty, the path on which Allah had granted them steadfastness. So this is a tour of the An'amta alahim, and when linking it with Hamd praise, you tour the world, then you see wonderful scenes, and you see such amazing scenes that from one angle they look unpleasant, but from another angle they look beautiful. If they appear unpleasant to you, that is the incidents which are happening on the path of the An'amta alahim group, Whatever has come to pass, if it appears unpleasant to you, then you are not fit to walk on the path of an Amta Alehim group. This is the lesson which you learn from this examination. So you will certainly have to correct your angle of observation. You will have to yourself to this extent that whatever afflictions were faced by Hazrat Muhammad Mustafa 
May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him and his followers. With its mention, even if you, your heart is bleeding, it should feel envious of them. And your heart should be filled with certainty that these sufferings are the suffering of the beloved of Allah. And these are such sufferings that in them, even after sacrificing thousand lives, it, it will not be a bad bargain. This is apparently a contradictory statement, but in reality this is the knowledge which is the true knowledge. Thus from this point of view, when you will form a new concept of an'amta'alahim in your mind, then to lead a life of hardship in the way of Allah will not look difficult. Even if it is difficult, Allah's grace will continue to make it easy for you, because despite appearing unpleasing, it will look beautiful in its background. You will realize that although there is an outer veil of unpleasantness which is before you, but at its back is the paradise, and for that paradise you will agree to pass through that veil of suffering. Thus linking the meaning of hamd praise with the rest of the subjects of the chapter al-Fatiha if you study it, new worlds of meanings continue to unfold and rise before man, and ever new paths to the knowledge of the Divine continue to widen before him. The ability to step on which is granted by the sheer grace of Allah. In this connection, I wind the Jamaat that it is the holy month of Ramadan, and these are especially the days of prayer and the nights of prayer. Therefore, on whoever group Allah showered his blessings, you should memorize prayers in their words. And the Holy Quran has preserved the most important of these prayers for us. Therefore, the prayers of various prophets that you find in the Holy Quran and the prayers you find in the sayings of His Holiness, Muhammad Mustafa, Sallallahu Alaihi wa Wasallam, which you do not find with reference to the prophets of the past. But the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, has made magnificent additions to the list of the prayers of the past prophets, at times in the form of admonition to others, and at times he said prayers himself, which are not included in the Holy Quran and his companions preserved his words for us and has left a grave for us. Then Hazrat promised Messiah alayhi salatu wasalam, has said such prayers in the Urdu language which make the heart of the person who is supplicating on various times of difficulty melt so much that with that melting of the heart man cannot think that his supplications will not be accepted. For the acceptance of prayer, it is necessary that the land of the heart is soft. Its example is the same as before sowing the seed, a farmer ploughs the land, furrows it, and works hard at it, furrows it and harrows it, and then ploughs it again, till he makes the land so soft and pleasing that the animals want to lie and roll over it. 
even the children want to run over it and play in it and even if they are covered in dust but to run on that land gives a unique and wonderful that is the land which tells you that if you sow the seed here it will grow my surface has become soft for your seed there the seed is bound to grow so the seed of prayer for its sprouting needs a similar land of the heart which has been made soft and pliable which should be in such a state that if someone were to look at that heart he should affection for it and he should want to roll over that heart in such a state whatever prayers rise from the heart they are definitely accepted often as the prayer rises in such a state it gives this news to the one who is praying that i will not stop before reaching the highest throne of god and will certainly be accepted in the court of the divine it is an amazing feeling which is known to those who have this ex- and those who lack experience it is difficult to communicate this feeling to them through words but most of the ahmadis i know at some time or another if not most of the time do pass through such experiences so to pray in the words of the prophets develops such moving and melting feeling in the heart in which as the seed of prayer is sown it rises as a shajara tayyaba band a good tree whose branches touch the heavens and the holy quran tells us that those branches do bear fruit and they bear fruit in all seasons this tree of prayer is such that it should be deeply rooted as a good word in the heart and then its branches should reach the heavens then it does not need to wait for any spring season in itself it manifests a spring and becomes a tree of all seasons which bears fruit at all times so painting a picture of such a tree the holy quran has said that in all situations at all times in all conditions it bears fruit and it is never deprived of fruit so these are the prayers of the prophets which had sprouted from such hearts which had been cultivated to the utmost to accept the seed of prayer and because of the conditions in which those prayers had risen from their heart they have left an effect of those prayers behind and the words are such that they can never die with time those conditions are such that they have come to life with those words and live forever so if with reflections you will pray in the words of the prophets and especially in the words of his holiness muhammad mustafa may peace and blessings of allah be upon him and upon his followers then your prayers will be given great magnificence only then you will know that who the people of anamta alaihim why had they been bestowed with blessings and why did allah use these words of praise for them what kind of a people they were then although you would have exempted yourself of all praise before god 
but you will be granted another praise which will be bestowed on you from heaven and will be granted to you through these heavenly people in this connection another misunderstanding must also be removed in my last sermon i had said that while praying one should not pray giving reference to one's own piety but after emptying oneself totally by making oneself such a beggar who possesses nothing looking at whom even a hard-hearted man should show pity in such a state one should pray later i thought that some people may have a misunderstanding result of one tradition that as though this subject god forbid is opposed to the saying of the holy prophet may peace and blessings of allah be upon him that tradition tells us of three people who for some reason entered a cave as a result of an earthquake a large stone rolled down and blocked the entrance to the cave and the people had no way of escape and they were utterly helpless to move that stone and one of them thought that what good deed have i done in my life that if with reference to which i were to pray then allah will show mercy after much thought he found one such good deed and then with reference to that piety he prayed the stone moved a little then the second man followed his example and glancing over his life he found a good deed about which he thought that it had a special position and will be pleasing to allah so he supplicated and it was granted and the stone moved a little further but the gap was not enough for them to come out of the cave then the third man thought of the same and he also searched for his good deed eventually the stone moved a little more and they found the way of escape this subject tells us that to pray with reference to your good deeds is not only permitted but is a good thing but those who infer this do not understand the meaning of this tradition because if this tradition meant this then we should have found somewhere at least one prayer of the prophets in which a prophet of god had prayed with reference to any of his good deeds i have studied the prayers of the holy quran with a deep glance i have studied the prayers in the traditions of the holy prophet sallallahu alaihi wa alihi wasallam and have studied the prayers of hazrat promised messiah alaihi salatu wasalam i have not found even a remote reference to any such prayer that a prophet any prophet has that o oh god i am this and that and please put a glance on this of my piety and do this for my sake there is no such mention they have made themselves completely empty handed and have shown themselves a pauper they held such a begging bowl which is entirely empty such torn and patched up clothes that is they have appeared spiritually before god in such clothes who despite being adorned with the dress of taqwa righteousness were presenting themselves before god as though there was a beggar dressed in tatters
and they used to sit as beggars in his way and prayed as beggars. Look at the prayer of Hazrat Moses. A peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. That, O oh my Lord, that whatever arms you put in my lap, I sit here begging and I possess nothing. So as we reflect over the prayers of the prophets, we learn that for the acceptance of a prayer, they have never referred to any of their piety or good quality. Then if this tradition is taken in the sense which I have just mentioned, it will clash with the entire history of the prophets, which cannot be right. This tradition has a different meaning. I look at this tradition with this glance that the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, is not telling us the piety or cleverness of those people, but is talking of the mercy and the glory of Allah. He is that such destitute people who looking at their entire life saw only a piety which is not any special piety even from the point of view of normal standards not to violate the chastity of a woman. What kind of a piety is it? At the time of seeing such extreme poverty, when a man's heart melts and without any expectation of rewards, he wants to spend anything he has in the home. In such a time of suffering, not to trade one's chastity, what kind of a piety is this? So the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, wants to tell us that such morally destitute and sinful people whose whole life lacked piety and as though not to commit an evil was their piety. When a reference was made to it, then Allah so gracious and so merciful that he said that, O oh my servant, if this is your only piety, then this is also accepted as though its meaning is as though its meaning is that god sometimes ignores even false coins he shows so much mercy and he accepts one's supplications so much that even if you do not always develop your relationship of with him through prayer it is your misfortune he is always near and is always ready to hear you so this is the subject which some people misunderstand and think that we should also pray to God with reference to our good deeds. That stone fell once in their lifetime. But I know that stones do fall every day in our life. Who it is who does not pass through experience that no day comes which does not bring hardship in one form or another. At times it is your own grief. At times it is the grief of friends. At times it is the suffering of a relation. At times it is the threat of an enemy and various kinds of fears. At times international fears and at other times regional fears. The whole life of man is surrounded by stones. How many of your good will you find so that those stones should start to move? There is only one remedy, and the remedy is which the prophets have taught us, 
that you should present yourself before God in perfect humility and feeling of powerlessness. You should not depend on your piety for your prayers, but rely on Allah's grace when you pray and supplicate to Allah that we are destitute. All this belongs to you. Whatever looks good to us, that is also because of you, and it is good because you have made it so. Whatever we earned, you gave us the capacity to earn it. When a man looks at his whole life from this angle, then he will find so many occasions when he could have been ruined, could have been ruined because of his weaknesses and his ills. If Allah had not covered his failings, then such occasions also come in the life of man that the tearing of just one covering would have created the means of his ruin. Nothing would remain of him. So when this is the situation, it will only be a foolish farihun fukhur, self-conceited and boastful, who will develop the habit of asking Allah, referring to his own piety. Where from will he bring so many good deeds, whereas he is overwhelmed with ills? And where from will he bring such good deeds which Allah has not already rewarded? Because the whole contact of life with God seems to be the reward of deeds which we have not done. It is a one-sided treatment of mercy and one-sided treatment of and it is unending. Each and every breath is indebted to Allah. So in such a situation, the intelligence demands that a man should disarm himself totally and should become empty-handed and a pauper and should supplicate to God with humility and helplessness. So this was the meaning which I wanted to clarify. And it did not mean that, God forbid, I was something opposed to the tradition of the Holy Prophet. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. I was explaining it exactly according to the subject of the tradition of the Holy Prophet. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And this is what I say now, that when you say prayers, you should start it with hamd, praise of Allah. And that hamd, which should empty your pocket of praise totally, Whatever you possess, you should present to God. But in the worldly matters, we see the opposite to this. The fact is that some people in their ignorance, rather I think they are in large numbers, who praise Allah, but put that praise in such a container which is like a sieve with so many holes, and underneath they place a container of their own. Their praise of Allah comes out of the perforations and fills their own container and the container of God remains empty. Opposite to this, there are some believers of Allah that as you praise them, it looks as though your praise has dropped in a sieve, underneath which is a container of the praise of Allah. Whatever praise is given to them, whether it is the praise which their own self does, or someone else praises them, it passes through the sieve of their heart and continuously transfers it into the everlasting container.
of the praise of Allah. This is the relationship of praise which you must understand. If a man has attained the knowledge of the divine in the true sense, one cannot attain the knowledge of the divine fully. What I mean here is that he should understand the central point of wisdom of the knowledge of the divine. Then he will always feel that when he praises someone or when someone praises him, it is not the ultimate station, but there is a station beyond it. And whoever appears to be worthy of praise at his back is an ocean of which he a tiny part. It is the same as the Urdu poet Ghalib has said in a line. If you cannot see an ocean in a drop, the whole in its part, then yours is all a childish play. You possess no discerning eye. That is, if in something which is praiseworthy you cannot see the praiseworthy existence of Allah and you do not realize that this drop is a part of the divine ocean, then it is not a discerning eye. It is only a game of children. I hope that Ghalib had composed this line with this meaning in mind. But I like this line only in this sense, and it is praiseworthy only in this sense, because then the line is linked to the praise of Allah. So this is the meaning, and by keeping it in mind, you should give praise. As you see beautiful things, your love should not stop at those things, but should go beyond their existence as is the poem of Hazrat promised Messiah. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Kis qadar zahir hai noor us mabda ka Ban raha hai sara alam ayna absar ka That how clearly manifest is the light of that old source of light. The entire universe has turned into a mirror for the eyes to catch his fullest glimpse. That see how magnificent it is spread in the whole universe. As we have experienced moonlit nights, you do not see such moonlit nights in the West. It is an altogether different scene when the moon rises in the East, or as beautiful sun shines on a cold day in the West then the enjoyment you get from that sun, you do not find as much enjoyment of the sun in the east. To some, Allah has given full nights, and to others, beautiful days. If the glance stops there and says, as a common Englishman, What a beautiful morning! and stop at that, then it is negligence. But if you go beyond that day and see that sun with the glance of Hazrat promised Messiah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, then your heart will say involuntarily, that how clearly manifest is the light of that old source of light, that existence who is the source of all light, a tiny part of that light has manifested in this beautiful day and beautiful night. Ban raha hai sara alam aina absar ka. 
it looks the entire universe has become a mirror in which we can see the magnificence of Allah. Therefore, the negation of praise and the affirmation of praise are present at one and the same time. There is hamd praise in things other than Allah because it is Allah who has created it. But if that hamd stops at the creation, then it is a life of negligence which at times changes into idolatry. It is such a life of negligence which not sometimes but often changes into idolatry. But if the glance has gone beyond the Creator and to His magnificence and the procession of man's loves steps ahead and marches towards God, then it will be a life of the in-depth knowledge of the Divine. Therefore, while reciting the chapter Al-Fatiha, as you walk on these paths, then, as I have explained, you should search the paths of the Prophets and should learn the prayers of the Prophets yourself and reflect over them and teach them to your children also. Then there is the verse Those whose path you do not want to seek, their history is preserved in the Holy Quran. The paths through which they had passed, apparently how great and victorious they had looked, who possessed great fortresses and great empires, and they inspired great awe, long way off man had trembled with fear, and they had created great paradises, but gradually they were and reduced to dust. And other than in the pages of history, you see no sign of them. Then from their ruins, some other ignorant nations rose in their footsteps, who then gained great worldly positions, but did not develop link with God. They, in their turn, were destroyed from the surface of the earth. It is a strange thing that although the pious people apparently were also destroyed from the surface of the earth, but the mention of the pious continued in the history with affection, love and with prayers, and salams were conveyed to them till the end of days. But the other kind of nations whose greatness and glory was temporary and was not as a result of their relationship with Allah, but was as a result of their love of the world. With their destruction, their hamd praise also ended, but their evil mention continued. The historians cursed them, that they were such unjust and cruel people. You will always see some evil in their glory. So Allah has made clear the path of an amta alayhim group as well as the path of maghdube alayhim group and there is a detailed mention of it in the holy quran therefore these days especially in ramadan you should introduce this subject in your homes and through this interesting subject you should give training to your children in knowledge in morals and in their actions At one place, the Holy Quran says,
وقال رسول یا رب ان قوم تخذوا حاضل قرآن محجورا چیپٹر ٹوینٹی فائیو قرآن ورسز ٹوینٹی ایٹ ٹو تھرٹی ون اٹ مینس دیٹ اے ڈے شیل کم وین دی انجسٹ If only I had followed the path of my Prophet. Therefore, the mention I am making is not just of history, but the path which the Holy Prophet had followed. That path has been preserved for us today, and that path we call Sirat-e-Mustaqeem, the right path. So it is not just limited to prayers. But in the practice of our day-to-day life, we have a dire need to walk with our Prophet. If we did not do so, then the Holy Quran says, Then he will bite the fingers of both of his hands and will say, If only I had accompanied my Prophet and I had followed the path on which my Prophet had set me. Then it says, he will say, Ya wailata, laitani lam attakhiz fulan fulanan khalila. Here it is not just the subject of an'amta alayhim, but has also stated the subject of ghairilube alayhim. He will say, woe is me, if only I had not taken such and such a man as my friend, and did not adopt his way. لَقَدْ أَضَلَّنِي عَنِ الذِّكْرِ بَعْدَ الْجَعَانِي That after the reminder had come to me, he led me astray. وَقَانَ الشَّيْطَانُ لِلْإِنسَانِ خُذُولًا And this is the nature of Satan, that he deserts man at his hour of need. And after misleading, he disappears and leaves man to face difficulties and betrays him. وقال الرسول يا رب ان قوم اتخذوا هذا القران ماجورا and the prophet will submit this as a complaint before god that o oh my lord my people have abandoned this quran so here the reminder means the holy as though this subject takes us not in the past but takes us always in the present and in the future world It takes the coming generations into the future and the present generations into the present world and tells us that those paths are not linked only to the past which you call the paths of an'amta alayhim and those paths are not linked just to the past which you call the paths of maghdoob alayhim but in of the Holy Quran and the practice of Muhammad Mustafa 
a peace and blessings of Allah be upon him are before you today. So what kind of a prayer it is when you say that O Allah show us the right path and guide us in those paths which were the paths of those on whom you bestowed your blessings. Yet those paths are wide open before you and you take not a single step and then you pray save us from the path of Maghdubi alayhim and Dhuallin groups. We must not walk on those paths on which the Maghdubi alayhim group continued to walk. And when the time comes to follow one of the two paths, then in day-to-day -day life you walk on the path of Maghdub and Dhuallin. But on the day of judgment you will remember with regret and will say that only it did not come to pass. If only we had died before this, that leaving the path of Muhammad, the messenger of Allah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, we followed the path of an accursed one, who led us away from az-zikr, that is the Holy Quran. Therefore, each of your friend who stops you from walking on the path of Allah, each of your relationship, as a result of which a man is gradually deprived of piety and should advance towards ill. He is the friend. He is the one who shows you the path of Maghdubi alayhim. And he is the one who shows you the path of Dhuallin. Therefore, you should avoid such relationships and should seek the company of the pious. That is, you should develop your relationship with such people as a result of which you increase your love of the Holy Quran and develop love with the Messenger. You should make this zikr popular in your homes. These days it is an ideal opportunity because people attend to their prayer worship. Children also get up at dawn. If they cannot fast, they wake up for the sehri meal. If they cannot do one fast, then some children do two or three fasts in a day. Once I asked a child, how many fasts did you observe? He said, today I have done five fasts. They overtake the adults, but at least they show respect for the fast. Therefore, I was pleased to hear his reply because it showed he had for the fast in his heart, because he thinks it is something to be proud of. Therefore, he had meal five times and said, I have done five fasts. So you should accustom these children doing five fasts to say five daily prayers. You should tell them that you can also observe prayers and you should teach them the method of prayer. Whatever things you hear of hamd, you should help them to understand and remember it. Hold loving and affectionate get-togethers in the homes of women and children and explain to them this is how the worship is done and these are its aims. Then the children who are able to fast, it is necessary to teach them that fast is not just eating of the sehri meal because eating provides food only for the body whereas this month is for the food of the soul. Therefore you should also offer nawafil optional extra worship 
at dawn. In this month, Allah has reduced the intake of the food for the body and has increased the food for the soul. It is necessary to explain to them these matters. That is why one link of the fast is with the body in which the intake of food has been reduced and the other link is with the soul in which its food has been increased. So if you will not increase the food for the soul and will continue to decrease the food for the body then it will be starvation and not a fast. You should explain this subject patiently with gentle words in the language of the children and should accustom them to say Nawafil. If during early age they develop a habit of saying these optional extra prayers, develop a feeling that I have to wake up on time and observe supererogatory prayers, then that habit sometimes makes a lasting mark on the heart and becomes a part of man's nature. Many of the people I have seen who say the tahajjud prayer are the same who develop this habit in their childhood or in whose homes some pious people used to observe tahajjud. And they saw this in their childhood and it made an impression of its importance on the heart. Even if at the time they might not have observed this prayer, they developed a habit later on. But the homes which are free of the remembrance of Allah, their case is, as it says in the verse, that would that we did not befriend those people. Where, let alone tahajjud prayer, they don't even observe their five obligatory prayers. Such homes are devoid of life. And the children who are brought up in such homes, their situation is most pitiable. But there are many homes who wake up during the month of Ramadan. In the month of Ramadan, you see some excitement and activity, of, so you should take advantage of it. And these homes should resolve to remain firmly established on worship. And in the holy month of Ramadan, you should develop a habit of worship in the children. At times, whatever custom the children form, it continues, whereas the grown-ups can slip back. And then the children remind them and say, you were telling us to say our prayers and offer tahajjud prayer, and now you stay up till late and wake up late. What is A child informally can sometimes say things to his parents that if someone else from outside the home were to say those things, they will pick up a fight with him. So these are the days from which you should benefit the most. May Allah enable us to do zikr, remembrance of Allah, and should enable us to worship in such a way that we may develop deep enjoyment in worship. And the most enjoyment will have through prayer in our relationship with Allah. As Hazrat promised Messiah, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, writes that our higher pleasures are in the existence of Allah. There is no other pleasure like what you get in the love of Allah. May Allah enable us to do so. Amen.
الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له فنشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله عباد الله رحمكم الله ان الله يامر بالعدل واللسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يذكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم ودوه يستجب لكم ولذكر الله اكبر